you know, uh, I just wasn't that kind of guy that wanted to listen, to be obedient. But I thank God that he never took his hands off me, that he always watched over me, and that he does the same for everybody else in this world, the same for you that he's done for me. He loves us. He's never left or forgotten us. And uh, it's such a wonderful thing to have the word of God to guide us into his wonderful light and to be encouraged by his wonderful message. Uh, The apostles truly knew what they were doing and what they were saying when they passed the word on to us. Um, I've got too many notes in here. I'd love to share my testimony. Uh, oh, y'all could please be seated. I'm sorry. I stood down long enough. Um, but uh, the way God came into my life was very amazing. Uh, I was backslidden 20 years, and God came into my life, changed me, uh, gave me a chance to see what I had walked away from. And uh, I saw myself in Stephen in Acts chapter 8, verse 54 through 60. He was a martyr. And if we could just turn to, to Acts chapter 8 in your Bibles, please. And I just want to use him as an example to what we should be doing now in this time, in this lifetime, because the time has come that we have to seek our destiny, which is in the kingdom. God gave us an instruction and uh, gave us a way to to seek him. And Stephen became a martyr. So I'm going to read from Acts chapter 8, verse 54 through 60. It says, when they heard these things, now let me go back a little bit here. I'll do a quick uh, summary of what they were referring to, and it's what they were hearing. But let's go to 54 through 60 first. When they heard these things, They were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out, with a loud voice and and stomped their stopped their ears 
and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. We know who Saul was. His name became Paul after God intervened in his life. But that's not why I'm here today. But on uh, verse 59, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he, and he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, we know the type of sleep that he that became him is, is that he died. But what's so amazing about this story is that this was a man who had so much zeal to spread the word of God. He didn't think of the consequences. He didn't worry about what was going to happen to him. Because at this time, these people were still denying that Jesus Christ was Lord that he was the Messiah sent by God, that he was going to be slain for their sins. And there was a lot of people who rebuked him, who rebuked Jesus, and of course rebuked Stephen, because they didn't want to believe this truth. They didn't want to believe that the Messiah was going to come and die on a cross, that the Messiah was supposed to take over, that he was supposed to kill all these different uh, rulers and that Jesus was or the Messiah was going to take over the the world and what's so amazing about that is that they still believe this but what uh but what God has laid on my heart tonight is that what's about to become the martyrs are the Christians of the one God of the Holy Ghost believers, of the apostles, about the, the church of the Acts, 238, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, who believe that uh, we're to be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost, believe in the one God, the one true God, the message. And what's so amazing is that uh, the time has come for people to see that God is really reaching out to us all. This happened to me when I uh, came back to God and accepted him again. And I mean, honestly, I had to be on my knees to see his glory like Stephen did. I rebuked the people who came and talked to me and told me about Jesus. I practically stoned them. But what brought me to my knees is to know actually why God saved, was saving me. He was taking me out of this world. And what was so amazing is that uh, it was his kingdom. It was what John the Baptist was saying. That uh, in Isaiah 
chapter 40, verse 3, it reads, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. What's so amazing, what, what really is interesting about these verses is that the road they were paving was the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he was coming. John the Baptist didn't even know exactly who it was referring to. And what really is interesting is that uh, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, it reads, Behold, I will send my messenger, speaking of Jesus, and he shall prepare the way before me. Or actually, he's talking about John the Baptist, that he was going to prepare the way. That everybody needed to repent and to be baptized. And they were being baptized in John's baptism, which was in, in the baptism of repentance. But he was leading the way. And uh, like I said, I, I never really understood why I was being baptized or what it meant to be saved or how I needed to be saved. But when I was first saved 20-something odd years ago, I was baptized, received the Holy Ghost right away, and uh, really didn't understand what it meant to be covered in the blood of the Lamb and to be resurrected in, in his likeness, in his blessings, in his wonderful power that he was given to me by his word. And to follow his word and to be blessed by his word and and to study his word. See, it was easier for the people back in those days, the Jews, they had less to read. They had less of a witness other than what some of their, you know, scribes had already given to them as far as the scrolls went. But uh, there was a lot of it that was missing, and it was broken up in different places. But they knew the story of Moses, and they knew about Isaiah. So there was a lot that, had, uh, that I didn't understand. But once you put the words together, the Old Testament, the New Testament, it all goes together. And uh, that's why I'm going back and forth into the Bible, because it does make sense to me when you start reading where the Lord has, has taken the word and helped me to understand. And it's to help all of us who are lost in the world that don't understand. And so, you know, I'll, I'll continue to read in chapter uh, 3 in Malachi, verse 1. And it says, prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So we basically have to truly understand that God is setting a way for us to, to, to be saved through his son and also through John the Baptist. So he's, he's setting all this in motion so we can have something to uh, 
fall back onto and to understand that that God is always ready to give us an answer. He's always been preparing this way. And so what's so interesting about what's so interesting about the word Even uh, John the Baptist was a little confused. Let me see, is it Mark? I know I marked these, I'm sorry, but I don't know where the little paper went to. Get to me here. That's Acts. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, so John the Baptist paved the way for the kingdom of God. And uh, what supports this is uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 10. It says, for this is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before thy, by the, uh, before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Now, what's interesting and in Mark uh, chapter 1 verse 7 and preached saying there cometh one mightier which is John the Baptist speaking again preaching saying there cometh one mightier than I after me the latcheth of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and loosen, unloosen. So there was so much that, you know, that uh, the word says of Jesus and his coming. And what uh, I understand from the word that uh, Jesus became the bread, which is the word. He is the word. He is the light. He's the way. He's the kingdom. He's coming. We have to be ready. We have to be prayed up. We have to be uh, definitely studied up in the word. Uh, Pastor has definitely given me an opportunity to to either shine or bomb. But, uh, you know, I know that God has given me an opportunity. Um, I had uh, excuses, reasons, and uh, blame my body for things, which is amazing what the word was given to us uh, Sunday uh, by Pastor Mayo, is that, uh, you know, the excuses are done and over with. I have no excuse. I have nothing left to say about, uh, and that's why I say Pastor has given me a great opportunity. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, I always come up with a, a reason why I can't get up here. I, my uh, my back was giving me a lot of problems this past year, and uh, the pain is starting to go away, and uh, I'm running out of excuses, and uh, 
the good Lord loves me and uh, he continues to give me opportunities like this. So I have to get back into the word because God has given me this opportunity. God has given me this chance. God has blessed me with the, the truth of the kingdom that I am going to receive after I leave this world. And that is one thing that I keep keep my mind on and keep my eye on. And uh, as crazy as this world is getting, as as things get crazier, the uh, the one thing I, I think about, and this is another excuse that I use, well, Lord, why should I even bother? Why should I even try? You know, the world out there is crazy. People are losing their minds. But, Lord, why do you, why do you want me to continue to go out there and try to save people? They don't want to be saved. Their time is not my time or, or your time. And God says, who are you to question my authority? <laughs> and he can't put me back on my knees. I know he can but I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to say, Lord, let your will be done. And uh, I'll continue to, to pass the word on and to continue to bless those around me in my neighborhood, uh, in my business. I had an opportunity yesterday, which was so amazing. God was showing me. He's like, I want you to remember who brought you back and why you're here. And this nice guy, his name's Arthur. He's got three kids, and uh, I got to talking to him, and uh, God opened the door for me to testify to him. And it's never that easy to open up, but for some reason, the man gave me audience, and I told him about how God saved me, about how God changed me, and about how God loves me, and about where I'm going, and that... uh, I told him I'll pray for him, and he accepted that, and I was expecting to hear him say, no, you know what, I don't need that. I've heard it before where someone tells me they don't need prayer, but I'll tell you, every last single person in this world needs prayer. Even those that are saved need prayer. Just because we're saved doesn't mean that we are safe from the things of this world, from temptations from the evil grasp of the evil one. And what's so interesting about God's prayer in Matthew's chap- Matthew chapter nine, uh, 6, verse 9, and it reads, Our Father which art in heaven, holy be thy name. And what's so interesting about this part is that thy kingdom come. And when I was in this world... That was the one prayer God put in my heart every time I thought I was going to die. And I got to thinking, his kingdom comes. How wonderful could it be that he's going to offer me a kingdom? Who am I to deserve a kingdom? Even if it's a small part, I told God, please, I can take the backyard, the cellar, whatever. I don't care, a little piece. If it's in your presence, that's good enough for me. And so what, what I'm trying to say is we are blessed to be here at the Higher Purpose Church because it's God's time, it's God's choice for us to hear about his kingdom, about to know that we can't do nothing. I mean, because let me tell you, if I tell you all of my past, you wouldn't accept some of the things that I tell you now. But God forgave me, he loves me, he trusts me. Only God can do that. 
Only God can do that. He knows my heart. He knows how deep this blood runs between him and I. He's, get, he's given me life. I was on a table dead, and he said, get up, go home. I did. Nobody saw me leave the hospital, but I got up and I went home. I had a broken neck. The only way I know I had a broken neck is that uh, I had uh, <clears throat> tried to move, and I couldn't move nothing on my body. I woke up after an accident. I couldn't move my arms, my legs. From the neck down, I couldn't move. And it was the scariest feeling in my life. I deserved it. I deserved not to move. But God saw something in me. That's what's so wonderful about God. He's got so much love and so much invested in us that we don't see what he's about to do for his kingdom in us. That's what's so amazing about his word. It comes alive when he talks about his kingdom. It comes, it comes to fruition when you're, when you're talking to someone and their eyes open up and they're like, wait a minute, I've heard that somewhere before. Where did you hear that from? And you tell them it comes from the Bible. The Bible leads me and it tells me about certain things that happened in the past. And it tells you about certain things that are about to happen in the future. And it tells you, you got to repent. You have to be baptized. It's the only way to make it to heaven. And I love you. I love every single one of you guys here, out there on the web. And I thank you for, for giving me your audience. But remember this. It's God who gave me this opportunity. God gave me this chance to stand here, to worship him, to love on him. He is my lover. He is my true God. He is the one who's given me everything I have. I have a great future with God. And I'm so interested in seeing what he has in store for this church and for the people in this church. It's so amazing to already see the miracles work in my life, in other people's lives, how God has changed their lives. We had a testimony service on Thanksgiving and so much truth, so much love that God has given people, so much peace. And God's not done. God hasn't finished this work. And what's, what's great about it is in that prayer in Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 9, it continues on. His kingdom come, his will be done. So no matter what I wanted to do, it was always going to be God's will. So I'm thankful that he chose me because I, I didn't stumble into this church by accident. It was his will. And it's awesome how his, that prayer is not a simple prayer. When, when uh, I had an opportunity to break it down and then I heard it spoken of and broken down again at the pulpit by pastor how each each little part of that prayer is significant and has a great meaning to your life to your future to your next step so if you continue it's you know our father and you think about our father we think of our earthly fathers 
Some of us don't have earthly fathers. Some of our fathers didn't spend no time with us and stuff like that. So we, we have a vacancy of who our father was supposed to represent. And so if we think of our father in heaven, he gives us everything we want. He gives us life. He gives us, you know, everything that's necessary to survive, to live in this world. And he continues to give. He doesn't think of the things that we do, uh, you know, we're disobedient. And if you have a father, God bless you. And, uh, you know, God bless those who uh, punish us when we need to be punished, you know. Uh, There's sometimes that uh, we have to be set right, you know, and, and be disciplined. But... Uh, that's what's missing in the world nowadays is that a lot of these younger generations are running rampant out there without, you know, being punished or, you know, you know breaking the Ten Commandments. But uh, what's amazing about that is God's still calling the younger generation to, to give them an opportunity to hear that God is their father. And he is in heaven. And hallowed, he's... His wonderful name is Jesus. And uh, you break it down, like I said, you break down that prayer, our Father which art in heaven, holy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's amazing. Lead us not into temptation. But also we ask for forgiveness. And here Stephen asked God to forgive those who stoned him. Let it not be set in in the record book on them, which is amazing. He's about to give up his life, just like Jesus on the cross. When Jesus said, forgive them, they know not what they do. So I think about all the people that said things about me, talked about me. I walk around, you know, with this, attitude that I'm so righteous that uh, I can't be touched, you know. And, you know, that, you know that saying, you know, you act like your, your stuff doesn't stink. But I'm going to tell you what, God asks us to be righteous. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, it actually tells us to put on the full armor of the Lord. It got me thinking one day when somebody had replied that to me. So you're walking around like, you know, so righteous. Like you ain't never done anything wrong. <laughs> they know my past. The devil knows my past. But the Lord knows my future. And he's forgotten my past. And that's the one thing that I care about the most. That he loves me so much to leave it in the past. So when you're out there in the world and people are talking about you or saying things about you, just get this understanding. Wear this armor with all the righteousness in your heart, on your chest. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 reads, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles 
of the devil. Now remember, we live on earth. We live in this broken world. And what's scary is that there are some people that you love that the devil goes and uses, especially bringing up your past, which is, you know, it's scary. The first time I backslid, it was because I didn't, full, I didn't fully understand the armor. But what I do understand now is that those arrows that are meant to hurt us, some of them will miss you. Some of them might get you. But that chest plate, you know, let me finish reading it. It says, put on the full armor, right? And then chapter or uh, verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to, to quench all the fury, fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So in those verses, it tells us each part of this armor that we put on is important. Excuse me. Sorry. But what's so interesting about the Word of God, it does tell us in supplication, perseverance, to watch, but to pray. What's so amazing about prayer, it's communication. And what we need to understand is that the communication between you, God, His Son, the Holy Spirit, it all intermingles with your your walk in your trust and love in Jesus Christ and what He offers us all in the kingdom. It's so amazing where he, He's about to take us what, it, what he's offering us in this great kingdom. 
in the kingdom, <clears throat> kingdom age, it's the seventh dispensation. It's where Satan is bounded, Eden is re- recreated, animal nature is changed. You're able to sit next to a lion and it's not going to attack anybody, the lamb. They're not going to have the same natural, you know, uh, survival instincts that they, they're going to need. Our health restored, which I thank God for the health that he's restoring now in me through the stripes of Jesus Christ. Also, human life extended, one language, one religion, peace and justice, and Jerusalem headquarters. That's in the kingdom to come. But what's amazing is that God hasn't forgotten us. We have to continue in his love, continue praying, continuing to ask God to guide us, to show our brothers and sisters in this world they don't understand that they're allowing the devil to come into their lives and to use them. When I was living in this world and being obedient to what I knew was not right, it was totally against God's word, against God's will, but God still kept me close. He still loved me. He still forgave me. And when it was time, and that was the whole thing, I needed enough time to understand what the call was about and what it was for. But I thank God uh, he's given me the time now. Not like Stephen. I mean, God could have took me a year ago and uh, my back could have went out and a lot of things were happening to me and it was just when this epidemic started and things started to fall apart and then I ended up getting COVID and it just, it was compounded 10 times worse than what I was actually going through. I didn't think I was going to make it. But God has different plans and I thank God for that. I thank God that he's brought me to a great place, great church, great people. I love the services and I love that my pastor has given me an opportunity to hold the banner up for this place and to let people know that there's a place in Stewart that they can come and give their lives to God. Not to man, not to the service, but to God. We serve a true God, a loving God. His Holy Spirit lives so strong in this place because it belongs to all of us. God lives in us. And when we all get together in one accord, that's the love you feel. That's the love I feel. It gets stronger when I'm up here. I'm in his presence, in his throne room. I'm I'm blessed. If you understand the covenant and the word of God and uh, his presence, his glory. It's, it's just so amazing. He relinquishes his power to you so you can be glorified in his presence. When I was testifying to this man, 
the glory of God shined out of me because God saved me and changed my life. It wasn't because of my own doing. It wasn't because of what I did. It's because God allowed it to happen the way it needed to happen or I wouldn't be here today. So in closing, I want to tell you this. God loves you. God loves us in this church. Things are about to take place. There's going to be a mass revival. And I thank God he's invited us to the glory, to the wonderful miracles, which I I notice that miracles aren't the only thing God puts out there, but it's one of the, you know, one of the blessings he gives us so we can share to other people and tell them, hey, look, hey, I walked out of a hospital, broken neck and all, and that was God. That was a miracle. I, I just, I have so many different ways. My parents tell me all the time how, how, of course they know, but they're just, dumbfounded by the way that uh, they, they'd like to know the details. They're like, how did you walk out of the hospital? How did you survive that accident? How did you not die from flipping your boat in an alligator-infested pond and all this stuff and uh, overdosed a few times? And they're just like, no way. There's no way you can still be here. And I tell them, I said, well, the grace of God, but uh, in all actuality, it's the glory. It's the glory of God. To, to God is all the glory. So, you know, I, I know how God works in everybody's different ways. What's amazing is that nobody's story is the same. That's the miracle. It's amazing how God steps into our lives and changes us and makes us better. But it's up to us to continue to seek him, to continue in his word, in his truth, his love. Everything falls into sync. Like I said, Minister Mayo yesterday, he passed, he he ministered the word. And uh, I've been running and trying to get away from getting up here and preaching and teaching. And uh, God's not going to give up on me. He's not going to give up on neither one of y'all. Everybody here has got a calling. And that's what's amazing about it. He's called you for a reason. He wants you to teach. There's people out there to reach. And there's nothing better than to see them changed for God, for his glory and his wonderful light. So in closing, if you haven't been baptized, you haven't received the Holy Ghost, and if you need to know, I'm offering a Bible study for anybody who is willing. And that is my job. And that is my calling. And I want to do God's will. Let his kingdom come. Let his will be done. And so, in in that prayer, that we can stand.